Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the third series of The Human Podcast, a place to hear extraordinary human stories that celebrate the limitless potential of human beings. This podcast is dedicated to honouring our experiences of transformation, our ability to live through, live with, and beyond the inevitable devastations and renewals of living. So often, our personal stories of tragedy and survival are left untold hidden behind the facade of ordinary life. Human has been created to make them more seen, more heard and more celebrated. Because I believe, within them, we can all feel more connected to our shared humanity. So if the world is feeling like a dark or difficult place, join us and let your heart be ignited by the fire of the human spirit. Nina Gualinga is an activist, a mother, of dual Swedish and Ecuadorian heritage. She is part of the collective struggle of the Quechua community of Suriaku, deep in the Ecuadorian Amazon, where she was raised. When Nina was eight years old, her community that was previously untouched by roads or electricity was violently confronted by extractive oil companies. Consequently, since these very early years of her childhood, She has been leading the relentless work of protecting her communities and their indigenous lands from this existential attack. They are currently under unprecedented threat from destruction and exploitation. Nina, you have said, my inspiration comes from the earth itself, all the beauty of life expressed in so many ways. My motivation comes from the people around me who are fighting every day to protect their families and their home, the Amazonian rainforest. Motherhood, Amazonia, women, indigenous people, extractivism, violence, climate change and love. It's all connected. Now, Nina, we are speaking today, as I know you are preparing to attend the COP26 United Nations Climate Summit in Glasgow, where you are going to be travelling from Sweden. And I know it's been a huge, huge year for you, filled with very, very challenging times so I just wanted to start by thanking you so much for making the time to be with us today and just before we say anything else I just wanted to know how how are you doing today oh (laughs) thank you I'm yeah it's a real honor to be here speaking with you um I'm doing good I'm I'm doing pretty good today actually um 
Yeah. How are you? I'm okay. All the better for being with you. <laughs> um, so Nina, when, when we spoke a couple of weeks ago, um, ahead of our ahead of our conversation today, you said at what I understand had been quite a difficult moment for you that no matter how unmotivated or hopeless I feel I always come back to believing there is some spark and some light and that was just the most incredibly uplifting way to to begin our conversation and I just wondered if you could tell us a little bit more about that today Mm. well I think yeah this year has definitely been challenging and for so many and you know, also for so many reasons, um, everything from pandemic and um, my community also uh, was devastated by massive floods and, well, climate change, basically. Um, and to see the suffering of my family and my community and neighboring communities was really difficult, um, but also you know, on a personal level, um, you know, beyond seeing the suffering and the pain of of those around me and um, everywhere in the world, uh, personally, I've also been going through a lot of challenges um, as a mother, as a woman, um, and the different challenges that many of us women experience, uh, you know, everything from um yeah womanhood but also uh gender violence um intimate partner violence being being a single parent isn't always super easy either um and at the same time doing the work that I do especially in times like this year that has been difficult is extra difficult um so it has definitely been a challenging year uh but yeah i think um this the type of work that i do um standing up against huge corporate interests um standing up against governments uh corruption extractivism climate change which is you know, at this point, inevitable, um, we're already feeling and seeing and experiencing the consequences of climate change. Um, is, you know, this kind of work is always challenging, um, working for women's rights, um, because, yeah, you know, it's, it's collective, it, it's big, but it's also very personal. So there is not really a separation between my work and my life and my personal life. It's all connected. Um, You know, how, you know, indigenous people and women and climate change, extractivism and love is all related. And the reason why I see it that way is is precisely because I've experienced all those things in my life, in in my body, in in the person that I am. Um, so it's 
it's always challenging. It has always been challenging and difficult at times. Um, but there is always something more, uh, something brighter, something that is worth fighting for. Um, and it definitely comes down to, you know, family and my child, but also the land. And it's hard to explain sometimes, but if you really tune in and listen and connect with the land, there is so much magic, there is so much power and strength and medicine um, and energy and it, you know, it's, it's life itself and who cannot be inspired by that, you know, it's life. So yeah, I always go back to that and I always go back to that in different ways, you know, whether it's um, recalling stories from my childhood or from my grandparents, from my community, or it's actually walking in the forest or, you know, working the land or it's um, drinking uh, medicinal teas or herbal plants and um, yeah I, I always try to go back to that for healing um, mm. and I feel that has supported me a lot throughout this fight um, mm. yeah I suppose what you're you're describing there is, is part of what for you kind of internally helps to build that resilience because Nina you know I can't help you know be 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 struck by you know how it it just must be very difficult not to feel hopeless and at times full of sorrow and rage about what is happening not just in your community but in indeed in indigenous communities across the planet and it's just so incredible to see how you you clearly live alongside live alongside those feelings whilst also emanating this this you know holding this torch of of hope and and i wonder you know how yeah how you manage the coexistence of of those very extremely different states of being at once yeah i mean it's definitely i definitely feel all of those feelings um you know, sometimes I, I definitely do feel maybe not hopeless, but I almost go there, you know. Um, but I definitely feel rage and I feel anger and sadness, indignation. Um, but I felt this from the first moment as an eight-year-old that I realized what my community and my people and my family were being subjected to, the violence mm. that we were being subjected to, the ignorance of those people um, coming there, telling us that if we, you know, basically 
sold our land um, and allow them to exploit oil, we would have better lives, um, you know. And um, I felt that from the start, realizing also that all the promises that were given to us by the representative of the oil companies were promises that they never intended to keep, mm. that they knew were lies, and realizing the fact that they didn't see me or any of my community members as equal human beings. Um, but that outrage that sadness, we have to act on that, right? Mm. Because if we let that take over, if we allow that to be the only feelings that we feel, we can't take action. We get stuck in that. So we have to find some way to transform that into action and to transform that or maybe even pull love for all the mm. things that we care about to pull love mm. and transform that into into action and into something good um mm. so that's sort of what i try to do but yeah it's it's definitely hard i i can't say it is i struggle with it every day you know there is mm. every single day there is a moment of of sadness and anger, um, you know, whether it's seeing pictures of the Amazon rainforest being cut down mm. or hearing a story from a woman, um, you know, that has been subjected to the violence of the oil company workers or hearing stories about uh, how people in communities um, can't you know, fish anymore in their rivers or even drink the water, there is definitely a feeling of deep, deep sadness and pain. Um, but that's, you know, part of, that's also part of what keeps me going. Um, mm. Because that, that sparks action, that sparks light and love. I think that also makes me realize even more how much I care about um, my community, my people and the land and, you know, what I'm actually willing to, to give or how much I'm willing to fight for, for that. There are, I think there are many coexistences in my life, you know, as, yeah, as an indigenous person, as a woman, as a mother, um, but also having a Swedish, you know, father, Swedish heritage mm. and the opportunities that has given me, um, that I didn't choose, you know? Mm. So there's a lot of things that I think about and, you know, reflect upon, um, and being in, in the position that I'm in of having a Swedish father and have had the opportunity to, you know, study abroad, 
learn multiple languages and really see um, this society um, sort of from the inside. Mm -hmm. I feel a huge responsibility. Um, and I think I've for a long time carried a lot of guilt around that. Um, but I can't feel guilty about it anymore. Once again, you know, like I have to, I have to transform that guilt into something better, into something that is useful, into action. And that's what I try to do. Hearing you talk about, you know, this, yes, the sorrow and the sadness and the, and the, and the rage and this burning sense of responsibility that you feel what is just so palpable hearing you speak is that what is at the root of all of those things for you is this deep love and reverence you have for your community and the place that you have almost this kind of divine um role to stand in <laughs> as as protector and it's for me it's it's i what was really coming through there for me was in a very much almost the language of of grief to the language of 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 loss and but certainly what what if you dig down into the deepest deepest you know into the deepest pits of what's at the core of of our experiences of of loss and grief which to me is really coming through in what you're saying here it is love you know the fire of grief almost like the black sun of grief is is an eternal thing because love is an eternal flame as well and I can just see that so movingly in in the way that you're describing really this kind of sacred role that you have to 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 lead on these issues on on behalf of your community and and so many communities well on on behalf of planet earth itself you know and um you know, it's um, again when we spoke a couple of weeks ago ahead of our our time today, it was really clear. You know how your role as as a mother, um, your relationship with children, and equally your enduring relationship with your grandparents and your ancestral, your ancestors and your, and your ancestral history is a huge source of of inspiration for you. Um, and I I wondered if you could just talk to us a little bit more about that. A lot of my love for, you know, living beings that including the land and the animals and the people around me, I think that's really something that I learned from my grandmother because, and, and continue learning, um, because she, she is like that, you know, mm -hmm. she she knows all the plants she knows all the sacred songs she is such a good friend like she has i don't know this easiness of becoming friends with all the different animals and be able to communicate with them and um when i lived with her it was you know it was us the the family the human family but then Part of the family were also all the animals living with us and mm. the way that she took care of them, the way that she fed them and communicated with them was so beautiful. And all the stories that she would tell, 
Um, and I, I, yeah, I saw that growing up. And I think that just really, I learned that from her. Um, and that was the most beautiful thing that I, I saw in her, that, that kind of, that kind of love. Mm. Um, and, you know, she also, in the way that she was, she also carried great pride in her identity and who she is and where she's from. And she transmitted that to my mother and all my uncles and my auntie. So I grew up in a family where, in a time where indigenous people were seen as less than human, as dirty, um, as you know, not worthy of respect, not worthy of um, rights, um, where racism in a country like Ecuador continues to be extremely, you know, common and even normalized. Like that, that's the norm. Um, and even worse at that time, but I grew up in a family that carried their indigenous identity with, with pride and, um, very deeply rooted so I I grew up with that and um, I feel very connected to yeah to my family and to my community and and the ancestral lineage of of my mother and my grandparents and it's important to me uh, my identity is is important um, because it also gives me a purpose um, mm. and it makes me feel stronger it makes me feel more me and it makes things very clear for me as well um, mm. so yeah and I was also just thinking about what you were saying earlier about how you could sort of um, hear the grief in all of this. And this is very connected to my identity as well. And I think a collective identity because you, well, you probably already know, but the history of colonization, you know, of literally displacing indigenous people from their homes and their lands, killing indigenous people, um, f you know, for example, or just, you know, forbidding indigenous people to speak our own languages, to um, practice our own ceremonies and sing our songs um, and for example, my mother, she wasn't allowed to speak in Quechua with her other Quechua um, uh, friends at the at boarding school. That was forbidden. And the way that they would teach um, about indigenous people was, you know, that indigenous people are stupid and lazy and unintelligent, uncivilized. 
not worthy of uh, rights or land. Um, and all of this together um, has not just created the racism that exists today, um, but also, you know, the forced loss of language, loss of culture, loss of land, loss of um, ceremonial practices, loss of knowledge, local knowledge of the land, and how, you know, the different animals and the plants and the wind and the rain and the water, how all of this is interconnected and how they work together. Um, mm. Losses of loss of identity and you know, it has come to the point where there is also some sort of, um, what do you call it? Is it self-racism, self-hate, self... Um, well, basically where you have many indigenous people that are choosing not to speak their indigenous languages with their children because they're afraid that the children will get discriminated um, and marginalized and excluded um so there is there has already been you know loss of culture and identity land language knowledge and it continues happening so there is a great loss happening today not with all people but with many indigenous youth that no longer identify themselves as indigenous, that no longer speak the language, that no longer have the knowledge, the local ancestral um, indigenous knowledge of the local land, that may have no connection to their ancestry at all. And there is a loss of, of, of spiritual knowledge, um, and that part is so vital for indigenous people, the spiritual connection to the land. Mm. Because as I was saying, everything is interconnected. And that includes the plants, the animals, the minerals, the earth, the humans, the community, and the spiritual beings of the land, of the community. Um, and I think that a lot of youth that are still connected to um, our ancestry and our communities and carry this indigenous identity, like myself, we feel this loss. So mm -hmm. We feel this loss happening outside of us, you know, the loss of language, the loss of land the loss of knowledge, but we feel it inside of us. Um, we feel that loss. And that's really, that's really heavy to carry. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's one of the things that makes me, yeah, that is one of the most painful things, really. Um, to see and experience and feel that loss and maybe even 
being part of that loss. Um, yeah. But, you know, our way of life, our identity, our ceremonial practices, our local knowledge, everything is connected to the land, which is why it is so crucial to protect our territories, indigenous territories. In order to protect indigenous territories, we also need to protect indigenous people's rights. Because that, you know, indigenous people's lives are tied to the land. Um, and I think, yeah, you know, COP, COP is coming up soon and everyone's speaking about um, carbon emissions and, you know, uh, trying to find all sorts of, of different ways of sort of tricking the system. And, but it, it, it's really, you know, all this um, carbon trading and the carbon market is really just another way to continue doing what we're doing today. Um, and some businesses make money on it. Um, but it's in practice, what we really need to do is protect indigenous rights, protect indigenous lands, because very often fossil fuel um, reserves or fo yeah, fossil fuel is on indigenous land. So in order to exploit that, um, they destroy indigenous lands and violate indigenous rights. And indigenous people across the world are and have been already making sure that fossil fuels causing climate change are kept in the ground. So we need to keep fossil fuels in the ground and we need to protect forests that are standing today. And those two things we can achieve by protecting indigenous rights and indigenous lands. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's such an incredible spiral of connectivity that you've just described Nina which speaks very much to the specific like kind of locality of your experience but my god it speaks to the global issue as well you know so whilst this I know is a is an issue which is absolutely at the day-to-day at the heart of the living experience of you and your communities, it is not something that, and I saw this this beautiful video that you put up on your Instagram yesterday, people in the cities are not safe either. This is something that connects all of us, you know. Indigenous people are subjected to so many different forms and layers of violence and, you know, everything from colonisation and racism and... Um, displacement from indigenous lands but also all of this is so connected to climate change because first when these companies and big industries come to indigenous territories they often to begin with violate indigenous people's rights um and disrespect indigenous people's decisions uh, about their land. So there comes the first um, violence or violation of rights. Then they destroy the land so that the water is undrinkable, so that um, you know uh, they can't grow food or fish or hunt, or you know they cut down all the trees or they displace them. So there is a second, um, a second layer of violence. Um, often in these places, what we've seen is also that gender violence increases, um, violence towards women, and specifically uh, sexual violence. So there is another um, another layer added to that, um, and then you know, and then there is what's happening right now is climate change. When climate change kicks in, because of the resources that were extracted from that territory. And then you have, you know, whether it's droughts or fires or massive floods, um, leaving people um, hungry, without homes, without access to food or water, once again, mm. um, so there, you know, there is so many different layers of, of violence, and I feel like 
a lot of times people don't really understand that connection you know that the different layers and also that it's not just one thing when you know so first you have um rubber or whatever and then there is oil exploitation and then there is mining and then there is um you know agribusiness or uh, road building deforestation in the same territories often so when you know let's say that we fight off the oil companies but there is always going to be something new a new threat that we have to fight against and this means that we are as indigenous people constantly fighting against outside threats so um you know there is very little space to focus on the inside to focus on inside our communities mm. to focus on healing from all that violence that we have been through yeah um and um but most importantly it's it's Im important to remember that all of this violence is financed by banks and corporations and governments and those are the ones that we need to hold accountable i you know i'm a huge believer that our you know actions on an individual level matter that we can create changes in our lives in our lifestyles but those are the big guys um that have the power and that are misusing their power and those are the ones that we need to hold accountable um <laughs> okay yeah um nina what does courage feel like honest answer courage feels like being scared a lot um a lot of uncertainty um, definitely a spark of outrage and anger a little bit of sadness and a lot of hope <laughs> my whole right side of my body has just gone off in goosebumps <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's sort of how I feel most of the time. Um, Living in a constant state of courage. <laughs> I think so <yeah>. too. <laughs> no, but I, you know, yeah, people tell me, 
you know, you're so courageous, you're so brave, and I don't really know if I feel that way, but if if I am brave, then those are the feelings, you know, that come with that braveness or courage. Um, there's definitely a lot of moments of joy and happiness as well, but mm. some sometimes it's it can be easy to not be in the moment and actually feel them, you know? Mm. Um, you need to have permission to, to feel happiness too sometimes. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's a lot easier. Now I'm in Sweden, so that's also makes it more difficult because I'm sort of, you know, I'm not with my community and my family and... um that lifts off the, the the weight and the burden, you know, when, when yeah. it's collective. So, um, yeah, it make, makes it a little bit more difficult. But when you, when you do it together, it's, yeah, everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, I think that's also why it's so important to, um, yeah, be part of social movements and be part of collective struggles and, um, yeah, recognize that the collective efforts, uh, because it 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 heals you too. It nourishes you, mm. nourishes you. Yeah, nothing can really be achieved by just you know one single person. Um, I think most. <sighs> most struggles are collective even if mm. you know it's one single person here and there and maybe they're not actually like connected you know consciously but um it requires yeah we need we need to have a community um i think nina if there was one person in the world that you would like to be proud of you and they can be living or they could have passed away who would who would that be and why can you guess <laughs> <laughs> um definitely my grandmother mm. definitely what's your grandmother's name corina mm. yeah she's the most amazing human and i love her so much um yeah, I miss her a lot too. Now, Nina, it has just been the most incredible privilege to have this time with you, and I really know how busy you are, so I just can't tell you how grateful we are that you've made this time um, to be with us. So on behalf of myself, on behalf of all of our listeners, thank you so much for for everything that you are everything that you do um i'll never forget this time we've had and um i hope thank it'll be you. the first of many yes. <laughs> we'll see when no you thank you so much for having me here oh, the honor is all ours so nina to play ours out in true human fashion um if it's possible to dedicate our conversation to a song what is that song? And tell us a little bit why. 
There's this there yeah, there's this one song that I've been listening to a lot. It's actually in Spanish. Um it's called Indígena, Indigenous. And it's it speaks about just everything about being indigenous, about being from a country that was colonized and the the outcome of of everything that happened and talks about the history and today and racism and inequality and Nina, what an absolutely perfect dedication and here we have it indigena by journey thank you so much nina with all our love Del racimo de un plátano, del cóndor que danza en el páramo, el mundo me mira y temblando suspira. Yo soy el ombligo y el grito de un niño que traga saliva en la calle. Vengo de una canchita de tierra en el valle. Vengo del cenepi machinaza. Vengo del indio que vio robar su casa. Vengo de las olas del Pacífico, de las islas que descubrió un científico. Vengo de aguantar conquistadores. Luché contra Yupanqui, los barbados saqueadores. Vengo de un montón de pescadores que jamás regresaron. Vengo de aguantarme tanta mierda cuando los restrepos se lo llevaron. Vengo de los nevados, de los volcanes, del artesano, del emigrante. Vengo de un plato de tapao y un canelazo para andar abrigado. Vengo del pueblo que parió al faro y a una vasija de barro. Yo soy los pinceles de Guayasamir, yo soy campesino y cultivo maíz. Thank you all so much for listening. If you'd like to rate, review and subscribe to us on your podcast app, then please do. And you know the score, five stars, please. If you'd like to come and say hello on Instagram, then you can find me and all things human podcast related at This Is Jess Mills. This podcast was created and hosted by me, Jess Mills, with creative co-production by Bonnie Tyburn and produced by Joel Porter at dot dot dot. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.